Welcome to the drop-in sessions on Wavelength Community Radio presented by Mermaid Jin with your host, Sophie Everard. We're halfway through this series, which I hope you've been enjoying as much as we have been creating them. Our next guest is a true groundbreaking pioneer in women's surfing. Hawaii-based Rochelle Ballard electrified the world of surfing when she emerged onto the competitive circuit. Her fearless barrel riding, progressive big wave surfing, and dedication to the sport has made her an icon for the ages. Look up technical barrel riding and chances are you'll be greeted by a picture of Rochelle absolutely tearing a spitting barrel to shreds. During her 17-year career on the World Tour, she won seven World Championship events, was runner-up to the World Championship title in 2004, scored two perfect 10 barrel rides in a heat against Lane Beachley in Australia, and in 2012, she became the ISA World Masters World Champion. Rochelle has been instrumental in many of surfing's most key developments in pushing forward women's surfing, recently captured in the badass new film Girls Can't Surf. She's taken a stand time and time again for fighting for women's rights to surf, to be paid the same as the guys, to get to showcase their talents to the best of their abilities at the world's best waves. She's also a huge part and heart of many moments that have cemented and defined the unique magic of women surfing in popular culture, with a key role in developing the much-loved movie Blue Crush, in which she was also Kate Bosworth's stunt double, and as a star of many surf movies, including AKA Surfer Girl and Step Into Liquid. She's the founder of Surf Into Yoga, her surf yoga and wellness business, and creator of surf camps for girls and women. She's worked passionately as an activist surfing on multiple advisory boards, including the Save the North Shore Pamalu Project, the ASP board for a total of five years, and the Keeper Breast Foundation. Ladies and gentlemen, here she is, Rochelle Ballard. Welcome to the drop-in sessions. How's it going? Great. Thank you for the introduction. I feel honored and humbled by that. I appreciate it. <laughs> I always love doing the introductions and like seeing people's reactions because I'm like, oh my God, these are the wonderful things you've done. And everyone's always so humble about it. But um, yeah, it's such a pleasure to have you as a guest. We've been trying to get you on for a while and I'm so stoked the stars have aligned and that you're sitting here with me. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Stoked. Um, so were you enjoying that monumental swell that I saw was hitting Hawaii recently? It looked pretty wild over in Maui, for example. It was, and it was actually like folding over itself and, you know, like too much water moving everywhere. You're like facing the spots that are, um, surfable really, because, um, the South shore here was kind of oversized and, you know, barreling over like 10 to 12 feet and going up onto the roads and (laughs) kind of like, um, having havoc with weddings on lawns near the beachfront and, (laughs) saw that like literally people were setting up for dinner and then just a huge set came in and washed away the dinner tables and setting yeah for sure for sure but I did I served I served a couple of my locals um reef breaks here and um just kind of had to wait for those moments when it allowed us to get out there and go surf (laughs) yeah yeah amazing and um kind of like turning the clock back so you moved to Hawaii as a baby is that right and it seemed you're in Kauai is that where you grew up Yes, it is. Um, my my dad, when he graduated from high school, got a, um, a ticket, you know, to come to Hawaii, mm-hmm. North Shore first with his cousin. And they surfed and explored and then made their way to Kauai and decided that they didn't want to go home. And then he, um, you know, called my mom because they were just like high school sweethearts and yeah. pregnant. And his, you know, 
my grandparents said, get home, marry her, have a baby, and then you can do whatever you want from there. So after they had me, they decided they wanted to move to Kauai. And um, this is where, you know, been ever since. And, uh, you know, obviously traveled the world a lot, lived on the North Shore of Oahu for 18 years of that. And uh, mm-hmm. back home, I've been back here for 10 years living on the South Shore. Um, and, you know, just continuing with my uh, surf into yoga experience with retreats and uh, surf experiences, uh, yoga, wellness, massages, and uh, retreats and everything. So that's been great. My God, it sounds like heaven. And um, just like thinking about yourself as like a kid there and a young athlete, like Kauai's churned out some insane talent, like Yala Kennelly and the Irons Brothers. What was your trajectory like as a young athlete? Like how did it all begin to take off for you? So, you know, growing up in the, um, in an outer island, it's Mm -hmm. a lot different because you have to work harder for everything because, you know, it's kind of like, I I remember when I moved off of the North shore back home and then I'd go back to the North shore and everybody would be like, where have you been? It's like, you're like living in and lost in the jungle. You know, Mm -hmm. even in today's day, it's kind of an interesting thing because it's a little bit quieter. So you have to work harder and the waves are um, challenging and it's more like advanced style surfing. There's like a lot of reef breaks. There's not like easy, like Waikiki rolling waves and sandbars and stuff like that. And the sandbars that are here are like really like a lot more powerful with currents and barrels and that kind of a thing. And so it took a little bit more to get to that place. And I think that what that does for the athletes from here is it builds more character and um, more ability to to really like earn it and and work hard for it. And it's, it's a, a, a humbling place. And, and it, we tend to like bloom a little bit later. And uh, it is quite amazing how much talent has come from Kauai. You know, if you think about my generation, but also, you know, with Bethany and Tatiana and Malia, you know, there's, I mean, I could, there's a bunch of them that have come out of here and even, even from the guy's side with Seabass and, you know, those guys. So um, it's amazing uh, how much talent comes out of here, even with like, musicians and um you know just that that natural talent and I think that because we're also living in such a a simple beautiful place that it may be even easier to draw from what your natural abilities are instead of being kind of washed out in a in a big populated um, environment mm-hmm. even though maybe there could be some more motivation with a popular environment I feel mm-hmm. like um you know, it's, it's easy to draw from your innate behavior and, uh, and pull from talents. If you've got them, you know, like that's kind of one of those things. It's like your, your abilities and whatever it is that, that I feel like you're, you're able to capitalize from in this life and your gifts, if you're meant to succeed in them, you're going to like break through any sort of challenge that there is. Um, even if you come from like a third world country and have like every adversity that there is. You know, you're meant to do what you're meant to do in this world and in this life. What I really like about, you know, yourself and some of those athletes you just mentioned coming from Kauai is like, I feel like you ladies and those guys like are kind of like athletes with edge. Like there's something edgy about all of you guys. And like for you, you're just like synonymous with being like one of those early chargers at Pipeline, like one of the rare women then who was like absolutely sending it along with Kiala and also, I think I read a story about you somewhere in my research. Like, you were out in Tahiti. You didn't. They didn't make female 
like vests in your size then. So you were kind of going like balls to the wall without all the like safety that, you know, athletes might be used to today. And it seems like you guys just, I don't know yet, like that raw talent and edge and like love just kind of like propelling you into these amazing places. For sure. I mean, you know, just in thinking about that, you know, it's like growing up with the boys. Yeah. Um, really just being a trailblazer, um, you know, grading out the road and paving the way is really what it becomes. And it's something that you're not thinking, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to like make a new trail for everybody to blaze through. It's more like there's this, there's this part of um, the type of personality that I am, that Keala is, that uh, Andy and Bruce and, you know, Kaipo Hakia, it's like all these guys are, it's like we have this desire and this passion inside and, Mm -hmm. It's like proving to yourself, but like also to the world that it's possible when people say it's impossible, you know, like I remember growing up and, and my parents were always so like helpful and supportive of everything that I did, but they're like, well, that's great. You're going to go surfing, but what are you actually going to do for a living? I'm like, I'm going to surf. And they're like, how, you know, there's not even money in it. I'm like, I don't know. It's going to happen. I just, I see it. I feel it. And, um, I just, yeah, it's, uh, it is, it still blows my mind, you know, like looking back at it all and then seeing where women surfing and men surfing really is today. Looking at what, what all the things that Kelly Slater has done for the sport. It's, it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I'm still so proud of the things that my generation and even the generations before us have done, you know, like everyone has blazed that trail up to this point, and then we can even probably look back at this in like ten or twenty years and see whatever's happened with you know the women of like what Moana's doing at Pipeline and what Bethany's done at Pipeline, um, and it's it's really phenomenal. And you know, watching Carissa the way that she surfs and Stephanie, and you know, I, I think that it's like the way I see it is it's like I feel like I see like a little like an improvement and kind of that like similarities with like Lisa Anderson and stuff, Gilmore. And like, you know, I look at Coco and like, you know, and, and me and like, you know, there was mentoring in there. Um, and, and so it's just, it's cool to see how, how it keeps going in that development. Um, and, and, uh, we all like mirror from each other and we're, we grow from that experience, you know? And it's like, you're like, yeah, like I used to idolize it. I had a poster on my wall when I was a kid and I'm like, well, you're surfing amazing. So keep going with it. And it's like, there's that progression. It's so cool to see how that happens and how that works and to, to continue being inspired by the past in the present and in the future. And, uh, and that reflection and how it all uh, webs that perfect, uh, it weaves that perfect web, right? It all works together in, in that harmony of life. And when things have adversity, you're, we we step up to that challenge, but like it really doesn't com- complete a a really uh, balanced and um, I I feel like beautiful place that excels and progresses until we find harmony in it. You know, like our generation had to deal with a lot of adversity, and it made us really it made it challenging for us. You know, there was definitely a lot of obstacles that stood in our way to progress uh, further along. But once it actually like kind of broke through those barriers and then harmony came into it, that's when you see this generation harmonizing with the men, with the industry, you know, with the media, with um, everybody supporting them. 
And so that's, you know, that to me is, is beautiful to, to see where that is now. I really love how you put that. It's just like, and it's such a positive way of like kind of seeing how that intergenerational harmony has like come together Mm -hmm. and how you guys, yeah, you're, you're so right. And I think what I really love about girls can't surf, um, the film I mentioned, and it's currently touring through Europe. So people are very excited about it. And I've watched it and I like fucking loved every second of it. Um, but it was just like, man, obviously it was pretty like wild and hardcore points, like seeing what all you ladies had to go through. And like, you just used the word trailblazing and, you know, I never think that's like a light word to use, but you guys really did. And there are so many powerful moments in that film, which kind of like set those foundations. Yeah. So the next generation could come in, but like you said, it's, it's already happening again now. And we look at this kind of like new crop and the stones that they're laying and setting like Moana. Um, so I really like the way you put that. That's really cool. And, um, just talking about girls can't surf again yet. Like I, I absolutely loved there. There are so many powerful moments in it. Seeing ladies like yourself and Jodie Cooper and Pauline and just, yeah, everything that happened and the way it's portrayed as well in the film, like the music's awesome, like all the eighties and nineties clips. It's just like, Oh, it's just epic full stop. So if you're listening and you haven't watched it, like I definitely recommend you do. Um, so it's just basically such an incredible movie. Like what was it, what was it like to be a part of it? Um, you know, I mean, I, I think it's great. It, it, in a way it's like, there's so much more to talk about. Mm. And I feel like they just kind of touched the surface really of it because there was so much to talk about in that generation in the eighties. And then, you know, they went into the nineties and kind of brushed upon that. And it's yeah. like, you could make like a whole series out of that uh, yeah. with all stories you know um and even just thinking about like recently you know with the them going back into j bay and you know seeing women there that's like where we had to stand up for ourselves you know that the last event before all of that like you know was when megan had won and i think it was in 2000 or 99 or something like that and we we actually like stood on the beach and like stood up for ourselves and said, we're not going out. It's like two foot breaking on the rocks. Like just cause the guys aren't, aren't willing to surf it doesn't mean you have to like keep running the event. And that's when we really started standing up for ourselves. So there's a lot of memories there. And even for me, like, you know, that was the first event that I won was at Durban at the Gunston 500. And um, it was the big first big event. And I remember my um, husband at the time where, you know, like going up to the elevator and he was just like, listen, if we, if you don't win this contest, we can't even go to Europe. We are maxed out on the credit cards. We've sold our vehicles. We've sold everything we have. <laughs> like we're living in your parents, like up above the garage in the studio. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, and I was massaging the guys on the tour whenever I'd like, you know, get out of an event and I wasn't, I, I didn't like make enough money. I'd go straight and like start massaging all the guys. Cause that's what I wanted to do is become a, a chiropractor. And I was a massage therapist at the time. And so I just kind of had to like really like dig deep inside and I won that event against Jody Cooper and Shane Haran coached me in that event. Cause you know, at the time my husband was just like, that's what he was doing. You know, he was like, well, let me help you here and there. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like we were, it just didn't work. You know, sometimes it would, but, but sometimes it wouldn't. It's like to have somebody as experienced as Shane Haran, I think it was his last year on the tour 
um, he gave me some, some good pointers and, and coached me in the right direction. And I was able to win. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like there's, there's so many significant things that happened in our generation with like being able to persevere through like not having sponsors, not having the support, you know, like it was $5,000 for first place, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. And then, you know, like years later, like, you know, getting behind the sport and like doing everything I could to like, you know, with all of us getting it to doubling the prize money and we're like, yes, $10,000. And now they're making hundred thousand dollars first place. You know, it's incredible. And it, and Wingnut approached me, uh, with sponsorship by O'Neill, not that much, um, further down the road after winning the Gunston and just kind of finally making my way into that place, you know, and even like surfing, uh, back door and off the wall and all that. I was just like going out there with the boys, you know, and the you know, filmers on the beach were like, you get out there. Like n- there's no girls out there. This is how you're going to be able to make it, you know? And it was, it was scary. It was tough. You know, and even my shapers are like, oh, you know, I don't know about that. Like, that's too, that's too nuts. That's for the guys out there, you know, and I'm like, I can do it. I know I can do it. So you, it's, it's a place of like, even in today's day, you have to believe in yourself, you know, and the girls that are like out there, like in, in this moment, knowing that like they have to serve pipeline, that it's not like, I want to prove myself. They're like, oh, wow. Okay. We actually have to go surf it. So that's a whole nother type of trailblazing and um, paving the road for that next generation that comes forth. And I look at the the girls that are, you know, 14, 16, 17 right now, and they're already going on Indo boat trips and getting shacked out of their minds. It's amazing. You know, all that high school generation are surfing so well. So they will be the pipeline surfers. They will be pushing huge boundaries towing into crazy waves, you know, they're already doing amazing airs and tricks. And it's like, wow, that is so cool to see. I love that. That's so interesting. What you said about like <laughs> the fact that it's not that they have, they, they actually have to surf pipeline now. Right. Because it's like reintroduce, it's a stop on the tour. So I guess that is like, could be a whole new mental mindset for them versus the like, I want to prove myself there. It's now like maybe even, Oh shit. Like I actually have to go there. <laughs> interesting to watch Chopo, you know, let's, we'll see what happens, but you know, they're surfing really well. And, um, I'm excited to, to see them surf out there. I think they're going to get some great barrels and, you know, no matter what, Chopo's scary, but it's like, to, you know, to me, like surfing Chopo and surfing Indo and Tavaru and all those places, it really made a huge difference, um, in, um, progressing my barrel riding skills. Cause Learning to surf barrels in Hawaii is not easy. It's hard. The waves aren't perfect. You know, in places like Indo on those the reef breaks, the way that they are, and, and um, Tahiti and, and Fiji, it's a lot more of a perfect wave. And so you can really, like, have that repetition and time in, in barrel and, and technique practice and stuff. So, you know, I, I think that surfing those waves will be really helpful for them to be able to go into backdoor and pipeline and have a better confident um, approach to it. Mm-hmm, for sure and um gosh, yeah there were a couple of points you just made and like I just want to like revisit one and you're talking about Jeffrey's Bay um and to me such a powerful moment in that film and you're right maybe they just in that film it's just like touching the surface it's like there could have been five more movies about 
like the next parts of the stories and looking at that Jeffrey's Bay moment, it was like a goosebump inducing part when you ladies were just like, no, like we're not going out. Like the waves absolutely suck. And in the film you said, we're sitting here for the future generations. And I just thought that was such a powerful emotional line. Um, and it felt like it was such a changing point for you ladies. And like in that film, and it must've taken so much courage because you guys are explaining like you were scared of like losing the few sponsors you had there was barely any money in it so I just felt like the power of that moment I think they really captured it really well in that movie and that's probably just like touching the surface of it as you say for sure you know and it it definitely takes a certain type of personality um to be able to stand up for what you believe in Mm -hmm. just going with the flow of you know, I'm just going to, well, I don't want to step on any toes. I love what I do. I'm just going to keep doing whatever I need to do, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of step out of that, um, that normal flow and, um, yeah, be able to pave a better road really. Um, and it's scary, you know, like it was nerve wracking. Don't get me. I mean, I had to go through a lot of adversity within my own personal life and, um, also, even looking at like the possibilities of winning world titles and everything. It's like, I definitely took away from the energy of focusing on just me and my goals, like put my goals aside for a minute and look at the big picture. Um, So yeah. And I'm sure if I like went back in time, I'd probably do it all over again uh, to, to fight for those same rights. Maybe I would have done it just a little different, you know, uh, but it had to be done. Somebody had to do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It wasn't just me. You know, it was all, all, it was all of us. Like it takes a team. It, it takes that. It's like, it's the classic saying it takes a village, right? Yeah. And that, that, that's, that is what it is. Cause we had to do it together. Yeah. And that definitely came across, although in the film as well, they're like, <laughs> we would send in Rochelle, you know, like it seemed like they, you were really such a big part of that. And, um, kind of revisiting what you just said as well. Like you didn't have a chance to focus on yourself at times of that. And you, there was something you said in the film, which also stood out to me. Um, you know, like there were lots of fights and battles going on. You said you didn't feel like a surfer anymore at times. Could you like elaborate on that for me? Um, I think because I was like so wrapped up in the business aspects of like, mm-hmm figuring out how we were going to go about doing it. And, you know, I think in the beginning when we were like standing up for ourselves, we really were just in a place where we're like, okay, well they, they can't run the world championship women's tour without the women. So this is like obvious that we're going to get what we need. And then all of a sudden they thought that we were trying to break away and we're like, why do you guys think we're trying to break away? We just, we just want to be able to like, you know, we deserve this. And it's important because it's actually going to progress, progress the sport in a better direction because people don't, it's boring. You leave the beach when the waves suck, when no one's able to really perform at their best. And so let's have the best waves. Let's give them the best of us. And, you know, that's what they're doing now. That's the, um, that's the new avenue and the way of doing things is with better production, better wave quality, you know, mm-hmm. better views, better filming, like being, being in a place where you're being real and you're being passionate, but, um, you know, you're presenting yourself well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. All those things are really important. 
And um, yeah, and talking about the money that was involved in it again, you kind of mentioned it was like 5,000 for the winners. And then the prize purse, I can't remember what year it was, but they were like, it was 1.7 million for the guys, 165,000 for the women. Um, and actually women achieved pay parity fairly recently. How how did you feel when that news broke to you? It must have been it must have been incredibly emotional. It was actually. I actually got a text. I saw the mess, you know, like the whole uh, social media side of it, and I stopped what I was doing and I cried. And then, like a few of us were all like uh, touching base with each other, like Lane and Megan and Lisa and Serena. We were all like, "Hey, you know." Cause we, it all worked so hard for that moment and, mm-hmm. you know, Kiala and that. And so it was special. It was a, mm-hmm. a, a special time for us. And <clears throat> I think that the difference with, with that is instead of it being like, well, gosh, you know, like, why didn't we have it back then? It was like, we were so our generation, like kind of selflessly did that you know to say hey well somebody's got to be the sacrifice in order for this sport to progress you know and and so paving that road in the ways that we did allowed for that to happen Mm -hmm. and you know all of us in our own ways were doing things um in our region to grow women surfing you know I was doing surf camps for a few years and you Mm -hmm. know that was really fun I had like 50 of the the pretty much the best girls throughout the islands doing doing a surf camp it was like summer camp you know you go to you go stay at like a cabin and you know everybody's getting along and doing like talent shows and you know I got all the moms in there cooking and just it was super fun but it was for surfing mm-hmm. all of a sudden all those all those uh girls were you know off doing contests and then you know arises Bethany and Coco and Chris and Lee and like, you know, all these great women that are so triumphant um, and beautiful representations in the sport right now. So I had no idea that that was going to end up being that as well. It's like, you're doing it because you love it. You're doing it because you're passionate about it. And it's just like, I feel like it's interesting in today's day because there's social media, there's all these different avenues of inspiration. Um, and motivation, but also like you have to, again, you know, in order to succeed in your sport, um, you got to put yourself out there. You have to promote yourself. There isn't like, well, I'm just going to go surf and like go get shocked and then people can do what they're going to do with it. And all of a sudden it's like, it's in the magazine. It's on a cover. People are talking about it. It's like, well, I'm going to go and get shocked and get this shot and I got to make a video and then hopefully a bunch of people will like it. <laughs> totally different way of um of being a professional athlete Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I think you describing those camps I mean like women's and girls surf camps are so big now right and I feel like you like your tentacles of impact in women's surfing have spread from like what you were doing as an athlete in terms of progression within the kinds of waves you were surfing and just everything you achieved there and then from like an impact within how women's surf competitions run and how they became better and then inspiring younger girls and athletes to get out there through your camps. I just feel like, and then culturally, I mean, like in these different movies, um, there's just, 
I feel like you, you you impacted women surfing in so many different ways. And it's so interesting to like look at your career and like look at the different ways you have. And I think those camps, yeah, like you've been a mentor to Coco Ho, is that right? And like kind of work with girls like her and just thinking about that is just amazing, isn't it? And like the impact those camps had. That's cool. It's fun. I mean, even like, you know, my ex-husband and I, like we made the original Blue Crush. Yes. That was the very first like high performance surf um, video with just women. Um, and then making like peaches and, you know, all the uh, modus mix. I mean, I, you know, there's so many of them. Um, so yeah, it was super fun. And I, I love all of that stuff. And then, you know, like, when I retired from the tour, I kind of didn't know what to do with myself in, in, in that moment, because I was thinking I was going to like progress into being, you know, that was kind of leading up to being, uh, continuing to work with O'Neill, being that lifetime partnership and, you know, working with the women's side of it, you know, leading up to being international women's marketing director, you know, running camps and all that stuff. And then, all of a sudden they, you know, the family sold all the licensees except for the wetsuits right when my contract was being signed. And then I didn't even get a call back and everything was just like flatline dropped. And I was like, "Uh Oh, what's happening. And I had to figure it out. And so I just paused for a minute and just, I, you know, I remember like asking my dad, I'm like, dad, I think I just need to go on a surf trip and then like everything will be clear to me. And so he like gave me his miles and I actually went on a surf trip with, Jamie O'Brien and, um, and Kavika Stilwell that I grew up with. And we um, did a trip to Ponape and we just got absolutely shacked out of our minds. We were surfing like six to eight foot uh, Ponape. It was just amazing. It was the best waves. And, you know, I was, I was the only girl there with, with a bunch of guys and, uh, and then everything became clear. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I mean, it's just, you know, I, from there I was just like, all right, I think I need to make a surf video with you know yoga and the things that I love to do and try to figure out where to go from here and I was talking to friends and you know deciding how and what it looked like and they're like well I mean surf camps obviously you know and I'm like yeah I love the wellness side as well and so then it came it it was became you know uh coming to surf and and yoga retreats wellness retreats and I believe that I was probably one of the first ones that actually had a surf and yoga retreat uh destination mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so and you know since then it's like there's so many big popular ones but you know i don't live in costa rica i live on Kauai. i live you know in, a, in in hawaii where it's not that easy because real estate's really expensive and there really aren't those type of destinations unless you know it's like big money and so yeah. you know i ended up just like creating into a private retreat and you know, where people stay at a place and then I take them and guide them into surf and into, you know, doing body work and this whole experience and leading them into, you know, yoga and hiking and, and uh, nutrition and mindset and breath work and all that stuff. So um, again, it's like still feeling like a trailblazer there. And then I, I see people that have taken off with it and all of a sudden they have like a huge following and, you know, podcasts and apps and all this stuff. And I'm like, I think I'm still like paving that road, not quite like hopping on that freeway. (laughs) But I did just make um, a Rochelle Ballard flow and it's an online surf mind body wellness course. Um, There's 18 lessons in it and it's the beginning stages of that stuff. And, and I love 
the creative side. I love making videos and um, having fun with that, you know, working with an editor. So I'm going to continue building that and I'm excited to see where all that goes. Um, but, you know, just it's, I guess I'm just, I love creating and I love working hard. I love being um, in the field and, and also behind the scenes and, um, you know, building a team and working with the community and um, in environment and environmental things. And so, yeah. I mean, it sounds like such an awesome concept. Like, firstly, sign me up. <laughs> I've always wanted to go to Kauai. Um, but yeah, it seems like, like you said, you were like doing massage, like all the way back in the tour and like drawing together these different passion, passions of yours. And yeah, like it struck me that like you were one of the trailblazers for sure as like launching camps and like, you know, you mentioned Blue Crush as well. And that was... <laughs> a monumental catalyst for like girls around the world, like myself included, just blown away by that movie. And like, I've spoken to Kala about it a few times and she gave me some fun behind the scenes gossip about what it was like. Yeah. And it just seems like it was such an epic experience too. And like you were stunt doubling for Kate as well as kind of having a really big part in like yeah. creating the movie itself. Like, now it's 20 years since the film and you just say, holy crap, like it's still such a behemoth. It's still like the number one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's great. And, you know, I was just down um, at my local break and they had a, um, a contest down there and um, Sonoy Lake just happened to be, she just got into town. She's here for a week and now she lives in the mountains, you know, like she's over in Big Bear and it's like, we were so stoked to catch up and we were just saying that yesterday. We we're like, I can't believe it's been 20 years. It's so crazy. Time just flies, you know? And it's like, that's like the cool thing about that movie. It's so OG, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, Hanoi is, you know, a great surfer and from Kauai as well. Keala, you know, and, and um, thinking about like Michelle Rodriguez. I mean, she's such a badass, you know, like Megan. Such a bad the ultimate badass. <laughs> You know, the, the whole concept and idea of that movie is um, it's so real. It's totally how we actually lived our lives. I mean, take away the, you know, the the football player that, you know, you end up whatever <laughs> going off in classic Hollywood. Right. But um, it, it was really fun. You know, I wish we had had better waves for sure. It was like not a very good winner. It was difficult. And I got my butt kicked over and over and over again. <laughs> um, and it was scary. It was scary surfing pipe because it was in a way kind of like probably what the girls are feeling now. And it's a contest and I got to go surf it. Like I was only surfing back door for the most part and pipe scared the crap out of me. And they're like, well, backdoor is cool, but we actually really want you to surf pipeline. And I'm like, okay. And so I was like going over the falls so many times. I'm like, well, you're going to get your wipeouts for sure. <laughs> no problem there, you know, but it, you know, it was, a, it was a really significant time and it really pushed myself to actually finally learn more about how to make the drop, where to sit, getting a little encouragement and um, coaching with it, you know, with Mike Stewart and, you know, so so it was helpful but you know like we had the guys like oh they're gonna be blockers for you I'm like yeah sure they're gonna take the best waves and tell me to go on the ones that are so so <laughs> it's like classic growing up with the boys <laughs> they do that though or did they let you take the good oh, ones they were getting the best ones you know like come on give me a push push me in encourage me on the easy ones <laughs> don't let me go on the hard ones so yeah 
And that's also part of my, you know, uh, wellness experience is it's like, you know, being a woman that's five, one hundred and five pounds. And, um, you know, everybody's like, Oh, you have this huge advantage being small. And like, maybe in small waves, not in big waves, you know, I don't have these long guns, these long arms to get in and that, that, um, extra muscle and momentum. Um, so I'm always like, like on the edge and on the ledge and free falling and dropping in late. So, you know, for me, like probably my biggest inspiration was when Bruce Irons was young and he hadn't sprouted yet. He was small and he was surfing, you know, a couple waves on Kauai that were like, you know, like quick hard barrel drop-ins and then, you know, watching him surf backdoor and pipe and how he would whip around and, gonna drop in the top half of the wave and knife it and like stay low and I'm like okay that's what I gotta do I need to follow what Bruce is doing and learn how to do that and even with Kelly because Kelly like even though like he's you know taller and, and bigger as a guy he was still a little smaller in stature in the way he handled it you know and talking to him about like what size board to ride and what's gonna fit because I can't ride a seven six out there it's like way too huge you know, and figuring out that size of board that works, you know, and so kind of stuck to 610 for the most part. But yeah, now it's like surfboards are, you know, I mean, they're, you don't have to ride as big of a board. They're, they're, there's better volume placement uh, for the boards and the boards are like so much better now. Like they're really narrow and thin and longer when I was on the tour. So yeah. I love that story, just like about how, yeah, actually in that movie, it like taught you to surf pipeline better. That's so awesome. And right. I mean, just like Blue Crush again, it's just like, I feel like there's just so many areas that you've been such a big part of women surfing athletically, culturally, like legally, like everything. It's, I feel like it could almost go on a part B and C of this podcast. Right. But it's going to lead me to my final question, um, <laughs> which is what would you ultimately like your legacy to be? Uh, I mean, I think it's already established itself. Um, but in continuing that legacy of being a pioneer of, you know, barrel riding, big wave surfing, helping with, well, you know, I think it's really like that harmonizing place of, um, what are the benefits of, of being in the ocean and surfing and, in um, and being, um, a, a female in, you know, a male kind of a, a, you know, challenging place where we're all in the same field is harmony, you know, and kindness and compassion and love and aloha, getting along and um, being inspired to live your best life and, and stay, you know, in a regenerating instead of degenerating place in a cellular level in our bodies and inspiring the world with taking care of your body, taking care of um, each other and taking care of the environment and not letting it all just go to waste with, um, you know, more, more, more and money and power and greed and all that stuff. So I think that for me, that's a bigger place that I'd like to um, continue to grow upon with how surfing leads to better things in our life. 
Amazing. Well, I just feel like it'll probably be like, watch the space. Like, what will she do next? Um, thank you so much for your time. It's been such a pleasure having you as a guest on the drop-in sessions. And maybe we'll need to do a part two. I feel like we've just touched the surface with your story. <laughs> Great. Love to. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. Take care. Aloha.